0: Today, I think most people understand that it's all about execution. You can plan and dream and do all those great things, but until you sit down and actually act and start getting things done, it's not gonna happen.
1: Running a business isn't just about doing the work. It's about doing the right things with the right attitude, with the right plan at the right time. Jim McMahon, a man from Peak Growth Advisors, here in Kempville has founded, built, and sold several businesses. He's been through the ups and the downs of business and is going to share today some of those battles that we as owners face every single day. And more importantly, how to push through it. Let's take a look.
0: I guess my very first entrepreneurial experience actually started when I was uh, a lot younger than what I had just told you. just thinking back now. I was 12 years old, At uh, at my parents place and uh, a friend of theirs taught me how to uh, basically do some welding and some other machine work. So I was very uh, I was quite a motorhead from about 12 to 18, 19. My wife will still say I am now. But But anyways, I was I was quite the motorhead, and uh, I started welding dune buggies as a kid. We'd buy a Volkswagen Beetle, we'd rip the, the body off, put, weld a roll roll cage on and whatnot. And I just remember that my very first one was 100 bucks. My dad helped me buy, and my brother and I uh, worked on it, and we built this dune buggy. And we end up, uh, I guess we ended up selling it. I don't know what we sold it for, though I don't remember. It wasn't very much. But, you know, that brings me back that... There was another couple of guys down the road who wanted them as well, and uh, so I remember um, building one for someone. I got a couple hundred bucks, I think, out of it. And there was another fellow who had one that he had bought used, but it was broken. And so, so I did some welding work for him and some painting and whatever work for him. And I, you know, I I uh, charged fifty bucks. For that, I remember way back when. Anyways, so that's probably my very first entrepreneurial experience. And, and, you know, and at the time, I wouldn't have thought of it as a business or anything. I was just, you know, it was a way. I knew I had a skill and there was a somewhat of a small demand for it. And I was actually making some money for my friends. Um, so that's my very first uh, uh, experience. And then, uh, you know, I worked, uh, as I mentioned, I worked part-time at Kennedy Tire for a f- few years. Was my first real job, and coming out of school, I did. Uh, I did at Algonquin. I did some um, business administration, and I also took uh, some sales uh, marketing. and marketing. And after that, I, I, I came out. I thought um, Canadian Tire would be my uh, my avenue. I'd become a dealer one day, maybe, and own a store. That was kind of a dream, and that didn't work out. So I left. The, I left the employment there and. Uh, Basically, I had some profit sharing, which I assumed was a certain amount. But then the the book, uh, the uh, the office told me, no, you can only get half of it this year and half the next year. So it wasn't very much money, as you can imagine. And uh, so I didn't have a lot of capital to start any businesses and I wasn't going to um, borrow any money from my parents or anybody. I was just going to try and do this on my own. So I uh, I started a cleaning company and ran that for uh, about a year and a half to two years. And uh, we we're transitioning, I was doing a good job, we built up, we had two cars on the road, and my, uh, I ended up uh, transferring it and selling it to my sister-in-law who ran it after that. And that allowed me then uh, to buy, because there was an overlap there, to buy a franchise uh, out of California called ChemDry. And uh, so I ran that for uh, 10 years. Um, we grew it very quickly. We had um, 12, 12 employees uh, on the road and uh, four vans. Um, we had office staff uh, and whatnot and we became a training franchise near the end because we were the top franchise in the country out of 150 franchises across Canada. We were the top franchise three years in a row in the last three years that I owned the company and we're also a training franchise which basically meant uh, anybody who was buying a franchise could go through our buy our package and be trained either over a week or two weeks, depending which one they bought. And uh, we teach them uh, how we how we handle our customers, how we did the jobs, uh, how we did the marketing, how we ran our office, how we did the follow up, and uh, you know, hiring and recruiting, all that stuff. We we uh, we taught all that stuff. So we had systems and processes in place, um, not by accident. I I was I was process driven I guess uh, at the beginning so we were slowly putting these things together and I think that's what made the difference that we how we became the top uh, franchise in the country Uh, was because we had all these things in place it wasn't just sales even though our sales were extremely good Um, but it was uh, it was about our processes about our customer service we got high high ratings and that stuff Mm -hmm. so that was uh, that was probably by uh, it was my very first big business that I ended up uh, selling in 1996 and it was because the very last uh, fellow who came through who was one of my training franchisees um, basically asked me if I was interested in buying the business and uh, at that time uh, I was caught off guard and I said no and uh, something like about two weeks ago I ended up selling or at least negotiating at the time. It was a very quick turnaround once the bug was in my head i was i was ready to i was ready to get out and explore and maybe do something else
1: yeah i i kind of want to ask you do you do you feel that and this is only this we're only about halfway through that part of your this your business story do you feel that uh, entrepreneurs are a certain type of person or do you feel that it's it's a, just a certain set of life circumstances that get people into the it's seeing the right thing the right opportunity at the right time and and just kind of making something happen. Like, do you think that there's just that if someone's going to be born, they're, they're born a certain way that they're going to be an entrepreneur?
0: That age-old question: Are you born an entrepreneur, or do you become an entrepreneur? Yeah, are you yeah. born a leader, or do you become a leader? I think, uh, I think definitely there are some tendencies of people who are uh, born or have that innate. But it's probably to, a lot to do with environment as they're growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would guess that uh, you know the the, the biggest. I think the biggest thing or biggest reason people don't get into entrepreneurship, they're thinking, I think everybody's thinking about it to some degree. Um, And, and, you know, probably they've got a job and it's a good job and it's paying the bills. And there's this element of fear, absolute terror, you know, would this work for me? Can I quit my good job? And uh, can I really, really do this? And so I think uh, the um, entrepreneurs there's if there's anything innate to them is that they uh, they're a little bit more willing to take that risk and uh you know either outright take a risk or they calculate it that you know i've got some backup if the worst case scenario happens i'm going to be okay and you know they don't get to so these are people who act and i think the best entrepreneurs are the ones who definitely act you know, there's lots of people who are in business. We could call them entrepreneurs. We could say not, you know, again, what's the definition? But uh, I think a true entrepreneur is somebody who definitely takes risks, but also acts and, 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 has, and wants to grow something beyond themselves to actually have a company. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, it's not just that they're they're good at plumbing or good at artwork or something and that's they just want to be a solopreneur and and, um, and just sell their goods that way. They're actually trying to build something that's bigger than them and they'll be able to step away, whether it's multi-billion dollar company or a company that does, you know, half a million or a million. Um, usually those companies or those people are, they have stepped back, put those processes in place, put the right people, train them, and uh, they've got something that will, probably either li- could live on without them, maybe not, but generally that's the idea.
1: And, and part of the reason I ask is that, is that I've seen, uh, I've worked uh, for a local newspaper here, the North Grenville Times, and I've seen a lot of different businesses And I've seen a lot of different people in these businesses too. You have people that are, they're process driven. You have some people that seem to just be like, they just go out there and they get things done. You have some people that are really big kind of community people, like they're really great with people and talking. And and then you have other people who are just, you know, really caring kind of people, right? And then Mm -hmm. you have mixes of all in in between, right? And it seems like almost everyone could, uh, has like a part to play in entrepreneurship right and can find success, but it seems like the it environment plays a little bit in that uh, so like let's take for instance you right i'm I'm just starting to think like you're were, you're were a really kind of process driven guy like you 're also very driven in getting things done right, and you had the right kind of situation, and you saw that opportunity to take right taking saying hey you 're training people you're putting processes in selling it it seems just to be, you know, now that you've created something, you can now sell it and go on to something else, right? Whereas someone else might be in the same position as you, but then go, you know, uh, they might just, you know, they might just keep trying to push their one thing, right? So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is that, um, do you feel that there's a lot of awareness that kind of, that one of the skills you should develop as an entrepreneurship is that awareness of of where you are and what skills you have.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so. And and you know, just to do a little bit of a comparison, there was, um, and like I said, everybody's different. And I have no problem if somebody wants to be a, a solopreneur and just do their thing. Um, you know, if that's what they want, that's that's great. If they they want more, that's 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 great as well. But a uh, bottom line, um, you know, there was there was another franchisee who started the same time I did in 1986, um, 87. And uh, he's still operating his business, as far as I know, to, to this day, or he has, but he was, anyways, to five years ago when I last checked in on him. And it was just him and his wife that were running the business, and they never grew it. So they had the same environment, worked in this, we worked in the same city. He had same access to the same type of marketing ideas that either came from me or from the franchise. Uh, head office, or not that they had, I didn't think they had that time. We had, they had great stuff. So we had to really develop our own, but it's interesting to see the difference. He didn't want to hire people. He didn't want to grow. He didn't want to have the 12 guys on the road and four vans and, you know, 6,000 customers and a whole bunch of government work that you're going all night at. Uh, He didn't want any of that. And, And that's perfectly fine, but you can see how, you know, but he was in business per se, you know, did he, did he, you know, did he buy himself a job? Yeah, maybe. And was he happy doing that? I assume so. He never he never changed it, never tried to go any further. So so it's funny, you know, it's so it's all in that mindset. What do you decide that you want to do? What do you plan to do? You know, there are I guess there are guys who aren't necessarily like that, but are, are you know, stay a very small or solar entrepreneur and complain. And, and, and are concerned that they're not growing and they're stressed out about it. And that's something a little bit different. So they may want to grow, but they don't know how, or they're just not stepping up. They think it maybe it's just gonna happen and, and it doesn't just happen. There's, a, there's planning involved. There's a, and, and you know the, the coolest thing is that it's, it's today, I think most people understand that it's all about execution. You can plan and dream and do all those great things, but until you sit down and actually act and start getting things done, it's not gonna happen. And, and on the, conversely too, it's like, there's so much,
1: it's very complicated. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, with the internet and all the new systems that are out there, you could work your butt off, but you could be working it on the wrong things too. Right. Cause I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met an entrepreneur that was really, really lazy. You know, there's everyone's we have our moments. Right. But how, how do you kind of figure out what you should be putting your efforts into as a business owner?
0: Uh, that's and that's a challenge every business is a little bit different you know they um, the problem I think what I see though is is, a, is and, and you know I'm guilty of this over the years as well. Is that we um, we try too many different things. We focus on 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 whatever the next shiny object is. I think that's the term is uh, quite common today. Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, so we really don't put a lot of effort into into you know a, a small number of things and really try to get them to 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 work. We don't seek out the uh, advice a lot of times too. Um, I think there are a lot of uh, mentors out there and business people who have. Been there, done that, and uh, you know you can either take them on as a, as a mentor, you could take them on, maybe hire them uh, as a coach, as a consultant, advisor, whatever you want to call them. Um, so there's a lot of resources I think out there, and there's, and of course the government have put lots of programs together. But you know I, I, I can just pretty much guarantee that a lot of people who go through these entrepreneurial programs and whatnot, you know, they uh, they'll come out, they'll stall, they'll get stuck, and for various reasons, but a big thing is you know they're not they're generally not taking action on what they were told or what they learned. And uh, so I think that's the biggest struggle. We can try to keep ourselves busy, busy work all day, thinking at the end of the day, I did a lot of stuff, but did they really work on their business? Did they really focus on certain areas and really keep trying? You know, I think if you talk to anybody who has any success in their business, they'll tell you, you it definitely wasn't an overnight success. It was years and years. I tried this, I tried that, I focused on that and this started to work. So I, I put more resources in there. I remember going back even through solutions one looking at that and seeing where our clients came in and you know we got a lot of referral work uh, came in you know clients who were referred to us by various people and it's because we were doing a really good job and it's something that you can't necessarily pay for I mean you could have a referral program I guess but it's something you can't really pay for but you can focus on it you can see okay if we're doing a good job in customer service is, is there is there something we can do even better you know to really give them that wow effect and so we started measuring those things you know how can we do better customers that better follow up. We kept doing all those things, and we saw that our referral numbers started coming up naturally without, you know, getting the phony where you know you sit down with a client, and you say, you know, Joe, if you really like my work, you know, do you have three or four friends that you could write down on this piece of paper here, and uh, that I can give them a call. You know, I, I I really don't like that kind of stuff. It's really too phony to me.
1: Yeah, because you touch on a really great point, right? Which is the shiny new thing. Cause if, if Facebook was any indicator of what you should be doing as business or Facebook ads that you see everywhere, uh, you know, there's join this mastermind group, get this new program, you know, try out this new way of advertising and all that. But when you sit down and tell someone that, you know, you need to be doing the stuff, you know, like you need to serve your customers, right. You need to learn to ask for the referral. You need to like stuff that everyone already knows or thinks they know they should be doing. Right. Yeah. But But it's so important to just really focus on those mundane things in your business because that's that's essentially what
0: seems to keep your your business going. Yeah, Um, definitely, uh, you know, going back to to those basic fundamentals and, and understanding that, you know, if you can give your client that wow experience, you know, it's it's all about helping them. In whatever they're trying to do, whether we're consulting with them or you're you're selling them a product that helps in their in their day to day life, you know, one of my clients we 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 were discussing the other day, and and they sell a product that helps people in their home, and uh, you know. I said, to her, I said, basically. Well, if you're selling this product in their home and it really makes a huge difference, you know, is there anything you can add to that in the service side of what you know, your knowledge and whatnot? In there, yeah, there is. And I said, can we formulate that so that we can make it a system so that when they do buy this particular product? They get a good explanation of how it works. Uh, so maybe some pamphlets. Maybe if, if 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 it warrants it, you can go to the home, show them how it's done, what the installation looks like. You know, just adding so much can make such a big difference. But at the same time, once you've created that and you've got the customers, I'm extremely happy. You just gotta remember, you need to leverage that and do, and duplicate yourself, because you can't keep doing all that yourself. You're gonna be busy, 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 um, but you're not gonna be able to grow that business. And the only way to really help people, and I had this conversation with a client who was just running 24 seven, and I said, why are you doing this? Well, I really enjoy helping people. I really, really wanna help people. I just, I just, I'm just so passionate about helping people. And he said, well, you're, you're just this one, one business trying to do all this, and it's just about killing you. I said, what if you had uh, systems in place that you could grow this and help tenfold, ten times more people? But you could step back and instruct other people on how to do what you've done. Wouldn't that be more satisfying for you personally, but at the same time, your goal is to help people? Wouldn't it be better to be able to help? Ten times as many people, or a hundred times as many people, because you have great systems and processes, and you know you've put together a, a, a program or a package that's far better than your competitors. It really, really helps people. Do you find, it, do you find then that that pride might
1: be something that, as business owners, kind of run into often because we want to do everything ourselves. We we want to make sure things get done the very best because it's our it's our name that's out there, right? Like we put it out there, right? Like is that. Do you find that that might be sometimes a
0: barrier to to people? It's probably one of them. I don't think it's the, they're definitely not the only one, but it's definitely, it's definitely there. I I see lots of, especially the solo entrepreneurs, those are the ones you'll see that, you know, nobody can do it as well as they can. So they're, you know, uh, they don't want to try and, and they get to the point where they're just so, so busy. There's no way they could even plan for their business or plan to hire somebody else to help them. They're just, you know, uh, it's just too much. It's overwhelming. And uh, yeah, and the, of course, there's always that fear element. Well, what if I hire somebody and they mess up? They mess up my business. What if I hire somebody, but I, and I don't have enough money to pay them? You know, uh, what if I hire somebody and, and, and they do something really stupid and and we get sued? You know, there's always fears and fears and fears about hiring people, about growing. Um, you know. But I mean, in a systematic way, can you do it? Absolutely. It takes it, you know, takes some planning, and, and really some good thought. You know, will you stumble sometimes? Ah, probably. It happens. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, fear. That seems to be. I mean, that's 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 a big driver. I mean, just to get in business, you have to overcome some of that fear, right? And yeah. then. But then the, the, it doesn't end there, but there seems to be more of those little fear hurdles uh, along the way if you wanna grow. Cause you talk a lot about, it's not just building the business too. You're talking about building either the CEO or the owner's mindset. Yeah. I think one of the first things like you did with me, it wasn't to, uh, you know, lay out a new marketing plan. It wasn't to do anything. It's like. Here's a book. Read the first four chapters. Yeah. I'm like, really? I haven't read a book in like ten years. I, <laughs> I I read it's I read articles online, and you know all that time there, right? Yeah. But that was the first thing. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah, and, you know, I've, I, we've all, go, we all go through it, you know, um, with different fears uh, about success, of uh, fears of stepping out, fears of playing with the big boys, big girls, What do you want to call it. It's just this fear holds us back sometimes, but, you know, um, the, the, and, the, and there's a whole list of them that you can really think about. And, you know, I heard this a little while ago, and, and, you know, we're born with two fears is what I heard. And one of them is of loud noises, and the other one is uh, of falling. And uh, so when you're just a little kid, those are the two, those are the two main fears you have. You're not afraid of bugs, you're not afraid of any of that stuff because you don't know anything. You don't know that you should be fearful of these things, right? But innately, if you're you, know, if you if you drop a, a loud something loud, a child will jump and it'll, it'll, it'll scare them. If they're falling, that'll scare them. But pretty much no other fears that we have when we're born. So after a while, of course, our environment and how we grow up, uh, these these fears gradually uh, impact us in different, and of course, everybody different ways. Some people they don't doesn't bother them at all, or or some people have been able to gradually get over them by you know stretching a little bit every day, and, and uh, you can imagine somebody who has a, a multi-billion-dollar company, you know, there's probably lots of fears along the way. But, you know, if you lost everything, you know, the whole story is if he lost everything tomorrow, could he build it again? Absolutely. Because been there, done that. The fears are gone. They're not afraid of it. They know the systems and the processes. But the main thing is it's his head. The head is there. You know, he's able to or she's able to move ahead without uh, without any of these the, the head getting in the way or the fears getting in the way. Right.
1: I, I love this analogy. Right. Because, you know, a child men- mentality, because that's, I think. I I I try and think of the first time that I started in a business. There was that. There was very little fears, right? It's like, oh, my first one was a photography. I just okay. I take this camera. I'm gonna take some photos, and then I'm going to sell it to people. Simple. And I just went out and I did it, and I did it every day, and it was great. And then, but then as you build, you build up over time. Yeah, you. But that's. But it also is a problem too because you're immature. You're young, and you think that. That's all that there's going to be, so you don't start to w- look at those boring things, those little details, those follow-up plans, those things that allow you to go from just someone who's working that job, right? But then, as you've been working more, it, the fears come uh, – it's just,
0: it's brilliant. <laughs> sure, yeah. the fears come in. You're going to be starting to think, you know, <laughs> what if they don't like the work that I'm doing? You know, what if they think I'm too expensive? What if this? What if that? You know, what I – all these potential objections come at me, and you know, does that cause people to get all of a sudden get stuck? Absolutely, and they slow down, and uh, yeah. So it takes uh, it takes some real planning and mindset to get past that. Just keep going and, and uh, stretch a little bit every day.
1: Uh, so you've run businesses uh, out here in Kempville, You've run some businesses in Ottawa. Do you know? Do you notice a big difference between uh, you know how people run businesses in like say the big cities or the smaller towns at all? Um,
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's a lot to do with, you know, how you step up. You know, when you're in a big big city, you know, you do become anonymous or you can be a very anonymous if you want to be. Um, and you will be naturally just because of sheer volume of people. Um, even if you are stepping out, like if you live in Ottawa and you are stepping out and you belong to the chamber, you do all those things, you're, you're going to be known in those small groups and whatnot, but citywide, no, you're not going to be known at all. In a small town, that's that's a little bit different. You can be uh, well known without even knowing it uh, just because you are stepping out and involved in different things in a small community. People, people see your face maybe, you know, quite often, so there there's definitely a difference there and you may like that or may not like that you know and uh, I like it I you know I honestly I like it because I like the community I like the 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 uh the just the, the nature, the neighborliness of the whole thing. And I, you know, where I, wherever I go, I run into people I know, or they know me and, you know, we can have some great conversations in the grocery store, which you probably never have in the city. <laughs> and so what are three
1: ways that you can maybe capitalize
0: on that, you know, or what a couple of different ways you
1: can, right? Because, you know, I'm telling someone like, for instance, you know, being able to, to uh, know everyone in a community or in the business community in a short time, that obviously must change your tactics for how you network and and, and yeah such. and it
0: could be good and bad <laughs> yes you do a poor job uh, you know like they say in a small town word spreads right so uh you definitely want to be making sure you do a good job um so yeah the 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 event i guess there's there's different ways different people do uh, uh things to get themselves known you know they they might be involved in you know every every potential uh uh, board or community event or they go to they just about go to everything and they, they get known that way but that's can be pretty hard you know it's very time consuming you know um you know and i've struggled with that too you know i, I belong to a lot of things but you know you know i've always looked back am i doing that for networking purposes i um, you know and in my mind it was always like the first thing i was doing is was because i wanted to help i wanted to be to mm-hmm. something i guess and you know would there be a networking element to that well, probably potentially down the road but you know I, I don't remember handing my business card out too often on any boards i was at uh, you know that was it wasn't it wasn't that it was it was it was about community uh, you know we my wife and i are very involved and we you know we love this community so uh you know, but are there strategies and whatnot that you could use to to become well known in a small town very quickly? Absolutely. It's it's a lot easier than if you tried to do that in a big city. Well, you also could get burnt out,
1: right? If you start, you know, you start showing up to all these events, you start knowing people. It becomes a very social activity, but then yep. it can also be a, a bit of a burden. Right. So if you're yep. doing it for networking purposes, purposes you can very easily get burnt out. Whereas if you maybe take that approach, right, of doing it, doing the things in the community that you love and believe in, it's something you can do all day.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I got there too, but I, I did get to the point where there was burnout probably about five or six years ago. I think I remember I was on, I was on several boards and different committees and whatnot. and, I was running ten ways at once, plus trying to run my business, which was extremely busy. And uh, yeah, it got to the point where you know, as my tenure was coming to the end, I was starting to learn to say no to the next guy asking me to. Would you like to be part of this? And it's just like you had to, you had to say no to get some, uh, just get some sanity back in your life because after a while it's just crazy, you know. And then yeah, I got to the point where near the end, where when I sold the uh, uh, solution one. You know, I was, I was only in a few things. It was, it, was, it was getting less and less. It was stuff I wanted to do, I guess. And then when I came out of that, I took, a, I really took a hiatus. I didn't get involved too, too much at all. And Now I've just started getting back uh, just with my new business. It gives me a little more freedom. I, you know, do my own, I make my own schedule. I don't have an office to worry about. You know, I don't have staff to worry about right now. So, uh, it, it, I have that freedom to get back and to do the community things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not necessarily for networking. Uh, if, it, if, if, it, if, if, if mm-hmm. I can, you know, if somebody approaches me and likes what I'm doing and I can help them, that's, that's what it's all about. Just. A, a question I've actually heard a couple businesses businesses
1: and is when you're, when you're starting a business, right. And you're in the small town and you want to be community oriented, um, but when you are starting up, right, you are still in that kind of, you know, you're in those first couple of years, right? Like, and you want to be able to give to the community that's not give back, as you say, is giving, right? Uh, um, it's, they, would, would you suggest to people to start kind of reaching out into the community and trying to help out right from the beginning? Or is that something that you should maybe wait a little until you're more established to
0: start doing? I think it's an individual thing. Some people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I would say if don't do it if it's going to be fake you know you're just really trying to do it for business if you're doing it for that it's not going to work uh you know you really got to be committed that you want to do it you know and, and I'm glad you brought up the giving and giving back thing because I always like to talk a little bit about that with my new my new clients yeah because it seems to be something that comes up well I have to give back I have to give back if I've done well <clears throat> and then I you know and this actually came from my wife telling me because once I probably used that term once and she says give what back
1: yes. and
0: uh and I she kind of took me I took me for you know for a minute I was like had to think about it what do you mean and she says well what are you trying to give back what did you take <laughs> and I said I didn't take anything she says exactly and then you know so I, and I expanded on that more thinking about it and over time and I tell I tell my own uh, you know business clients it's like if you did a good job you were giving Just within your job, even though you're getting paid, you're giving. If you're giving a good product, a good service that was helping somebody and they enjoyed it and your business was growing and you're busy, obviously they take value of what you're doing. So you're giving to them right already. And so, you know, the term giving back, I I really don't like that because it's like as if we took something as a business owner. It's always the business owners have to give back or, or our wealthy individual has to give back. No, no, you don't. Um, you didn't take anything. You obviously provided some kind of value if you got a monetary exchange for that. So, you know, I believe that, you know, yes, you don't, there's no need to give back. But if you want to give, give, just give.
1: That That's so true. It, it might sound like, uh, you know, to some people, it might sound Trivial. like a, a, <laughs> a silly little nuance semantics or yeah. whatever you have. Right. But I think it really changes the mindset. Of of saying well of the purpose for why you're doing it are you if
0: you're giving you're giving yeah that's that's it you're giving because well if you had a if you had a business that just gave phenomenal service and on the other end the client who's receiving that just thought wow this just changes my life it really helps me this is amazing and that's all you ever did that's all you you designed the business just to give like that and uh, yes you get paid at the end of the day or but. You know, do you have to give in any other way? Totally up to you but did you give were are you giving when you did a good job with this absolutely mm-hmm. you know like you weren't taking from people you weren't stealing you weren't embezzling you were giving something of value and uh, people paid for that and appreciated that so you, you know if you're just giving that way that's great if you want to give money uh, to other charities on the on the on the side or other for other reasons that's that's perfectly fine giving is a wonderful thing and i totally totally agree with you know people who do give by the way <laughs> yeah well,
1: let's uh let's uh switch it up a little bit there's I, i'd like to uh one thing one really uh uh, uh powerful thing that you've kind of uh, uh kind of opened up my eyes to right which is is on this talking about things like building teams and trying to or more, really essentially is trying to free up the business owner's time because if we're talking about wanting to give you have to have some time to give mm-hmm. and and that um what do you kind of see is like maybe some common trends in businesses that just don't have any kind of time like it's, it seems every business owner I talk to says they don't have any time.
0: Yeah. yeah and uh, I'm seeing that too. Um, you know, they, they they know they need help and obviously that's why they might be, uh, you know, uh, reaching out to me, but, um, you know, just, just seeing their environment and what they're in, they, they've just almost dug themselves into this hole where they, um, uh, they just, they are it. They are everything. They're everything as part of the business. And uh, John Worlow, who wrote uh, Built to Sell, he coined a phrase called the hub and spoke. And uh, and that was one of the value builder um, uh, drivers that, that I'll just, I usually discuss with my clients too. And it's one of them. That was the book yeah, you, I it, think you gave it, me. It, <laughs> yes. That. It was yeah. wonderful. And, and, you know, so it, when he talks about the, um, the hub and spoke, you know, are you, you know, it's the hub is you. And the spokes are are, are connections to you for every aspect of your business, meaning um, it just means that everything goes to you or goes through you. And, And so... There's no way for that business owner to have any time to work on their business. Um, It has no value to probably a buyer, especially a significant buyer looking at a business. You know, a buyer, when they look at a business, they wanna make sure that that business has the systems and processes of people in place that it just runs itself. You can imagine if I was looking at a million dollar business, um, I want this business to be running itself. I don't want the owner that, you know, as soon as he steps away, you know, the business is basically gone. The clients say, oh, well, Joe's gone. There's no business here anymore. You know, you want everything in place. So if I'm coming up with a million dollars or financing a million dollars to buy a business, I want this thing to run itself. I don't want to step in and be Joe, that everything is connected to me through that, uh, through spokes and I, everything's got to go through me and I've got to spend, you know, 15 hours a day trying to keep this thing afloat. That's no business. But,
1: but is that is that uh, relevant to someone who might not want to sell or doesn't think that they're going to sell?
0: Well, yeah, it's not relevant at all. And like I said at the beginning, you know, you have that choice if you want to be a solopreneur and just... It's just you. And at the end of the day, there's nothing to sell. Well, that's that's your choice. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. If you're making good money along the way and you're able to put that away so you have a retirement, because remember, entrepreneurs, we don't get pensions. You know, our pension is our business and or and or the money that we've put away ourselves. Nobody's doing it for us. Um, So it's really up to that individual. And there are individuals I talk to every day. I've got some strategic partners who want to only run their business as themselves as consultants they don't want to grow it they don't want to add any people to it that's perfectly fine but they understand that you know i've got to put a percentage of my business away or the re- revenue from my business away personally so that i can make sure that i have something at the end of the day or when i get sick and they've got insurance in place those kind of things so so yeah it's i'm perfectly okay with uh, going either way but i mean if you want to if you really want to grow that business and and uh, you know uh, you know you want to make that make that effort there's strategies and things you have to look at but
1: what happens to a business owner that might not uh, that stays kind of that hub and spoke in you know in the early kind of years but then they never transition out of it right cuz like you also have to think of the long term cuz you might start your business and you are the everything and you enjoy that yep. right but you just said right you have we're not getting pensions like our retirement is our business yep. but what happens if you don't start changing that in your first 10 years and you're down to those last couple of years before you can, you know, well, you're
0: retiring? You know, I, I can't I don't have the stats in front of me, but they're quite high for businesses uh, for, for businesses that basically end up shutting down. Uh, either the owner gets sick, too old, um, just can't sell it, has to get out for whatever reason. Um, and lots of those businesses just die and um, there's no like i said there's nobody to take it over there's no family that we even want to take it over um, and there's really nothing to sell a lot of those businesses slowly just disappear we don't hear about them you know it's like the uh, it's like the uh, the entrepreneurial failures in the, in the world when you know when they say um, you know 80 to 90 percent of business fi- businesses fail in the first five years and 60 percent of those in the next 10 years whatever the stats are they're all over the place a little bit but i mean obviously it's a high number, but we never hear about them. Mm-hmm. They don't, nobody sits down and really writes a, a bunch of books about the, all these failures. Yes. Might be the odd one out there, but but generally <laughs> we don't write about this. So they they disappear into the, in, you know, into the sunset and we never hear about those 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 stories. So same thing happens for those businesses that have been going for 10 or 15 years where, you know, the owner is a... You know, so he's a heating and air conditioning guy and he does all the work himself and he's busting his butt. I have an g- example in my family where this, uh, this uh, gentleman, you know, worked for years and years and years, probably 30, 40 years, and at the end of the day, he got cancer and died and the business just died. Nobody took it over, there was nothing there for him. You know, fortunately, he probably put a little bit of money away over the years and that's great, but mm-hmm. sad in a way that he put so much sweat and tears into this business over the years, but that's not what he wanted, obviously. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to have employees grow. I mean, he had some employees, but he, you know, he just obviously wasn't planning or thinking that I want a business that's going to go on long after I'm gone. And if I, you know, and that's one of the questions I'll have with my clients sometimes is like, what happens tomorrow to your business if you should die? You know, and that might be part of it is the succession planning the insurance and things like that that's my old financial planning hat that i had and uh, i definitely bring that to the table with my clients and talking about succession planning talking about insurance and making sure that they're protecting themselves and or their family and their business um, you know uh, you know you know that tomorrow something bad happens what happens to this business yeah. you know is it ready to is it ready to survive and some of the, so some of the stuff we'll actually go through with the client you know, how do we make this work
1: so that's that's kind of the end. That's the end thing on on selling and all that. I, I think I'd like to pick your, use this opportunity uh, before we uh, we get going is to maybe also start at the beginning of a business journey. <laughs> so you've seen a lot of business, a lot of times you're coming in, once a business has started, you know, guns blazing, and then, you know, eventually something happened along the way, right? But what do you say then to people who are starting out that maybe can, you know, how do you start off a business? If you had to tell someone three kind of things that you, if you can get these things right, you're probably gonna be better off from getting away from being that all in nothing, hub and spoke
0: kind of system. Yeah. Um, The first thing I'll say is, and it's just, you know, I may reiterate, I'm saying it again, but is that is taking action. You know, Um, too many people will uh, try to make their business uh, idea, their plan perfect. You know, you've heard of the, uh, the, you know, the uh, companies and banks and what I want a business plan, you know, and so people will start with that process. We'll do a business plan. We'll spend a whole bunch of time, usually weeks and weeks trying to get this thing done. It ends up being a 40, 50 page document. Um, They're using it maybe for financing or of some kind Um, (laughs) or somebody just asked for it for whatever reason, you know, when it probably to do with financing, though, Um, at the end of the day, you know, how many of those business plans actually get uh, utilized, meaning um, they they got the financing list, per se, and then they went back to their office and they put the business plan on the wall or on their desk and said, "Okay, this is what we said we're going to do. And they actually do it. Well, I'll tell you, even through Solution One Financial, you know, all those years talking to business owners, I would often joke about that. And, you know, did we do it ourselves? Absolutely. That that business plan was drawn up. We spent so much time and energy producing you know making these phony projections of what our business is going to look like in five to ten years you know crunching these numbers making up phony expenses uh, to, to fill in the blanks uh, you, know, you and, and know and at the end of the day it ends up in the in the drawer on a shelf gathering dust and never folder. looked at, never looked at again yeah. you know so I I, I tend to get clients when they're when they're new they got to take action so they got to get rid of all that thinking um yes if you're going to a financial institution to get money yes you're going to have to do that document because they're going to ask for it because that's all that's all the banker knows this is part of our process i got to check that box off that they did a business plan you know does he look at it well yeah, yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. But, anyways, um, so I, I, <laughs> I believe in you know keeping things a lot simpler than that. You know, uh, you know people have heard of the one-page uh, strategic plan, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. You know, keep it simple. What are you going to do? What's 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 going to happen the next quarter? What's the most important thing? Let's just get to that. One page. Don't get don't get uh, into fifty or uh, sixty page documents and think that it's going to work. Uh, you know projections on the numbers. Let's keep them really really simple. Let's not get into this crazy craziness of of doing five years of profit and loss and balance sheets for uh, mm-hmm. you know five or ten years out. It just doesn't make sense. It does. You know, rarely does anybody ever hit those targets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So well, there's
1: so that that would be the that would be the all encompassing kind of goal is just just uh, to have a plan to write it down. And to have those goals, but... Keeping it simple and acting on yeah, it. Yeah, that
0: uh, right. that napkin plan, as I say, you know, right on a napkin and uh, and then you know, and it's and then it's all about execution. Just get going. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, we've all been guilty of that. I've been guilty of every business I've started, you know. You'll be off to a quick start, maybe, or not. Or you're just you're know, over planning things and trying to make it absolutely perfect. You know, I gotta have the perfect website, I gotta have the perfect business card, I gotta have the p- perfect process, I've gotta look just right, I gotta do all this stuff Oh, I oh, I gotta get the training, I don't have enough training. So I'm going to take on all these courses and spend months and months on courses. I'm going to do all this stuff before I can get started. Well, you're just just, uh, heading for failure. If you uh, uh, just spend too, too much time on that, you're just going to get stuck. And one last, uh, maybe more, a little bit on the controversial
1: subject that I'd like to bring up is business owners are people that, you know, they, they commit to it. and, And as, once you start in business, right, you typically, once someone's gotten that, that business bug, you know, they stick with it and that, but I've seen over the years, some of, you know, friends on, you know, through the social media that had to make that kind of call to kind of call the call business quits or, you know, to, to, to sell, you know, uh, at that point, um, have you ever seen, have you ever uh, had to coach someone through, uh, making the choice that maybe the, you know, business, you know, things aren't, you know, business might not be the thing for them or that, you know, they might be, might be better suited to, you know, going back into the career world, or how would you even talk about that? Right. Cause people kind of feel again, going back to that pride thing, You've put and you've invested so much time. How do you kind of let go of business or is it do you feel that someone should just keep doing businesses and trying harder?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, No. uh, not necessarily. Um, You know, over the the last 15 years or so working with different businesses, um, you know, Yes, solution one. We 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 help businesses when it comes to tax and accounting and bookkeeping, a lot of great stuff. But you know, my mindset was always not just of an, as a, as a accountant, but also to focus on the other aspects of their business. We often got into those kind of conversations, and it's probably what led me to what I'm doing today. But um, so for 15 years, talking to different business owners and you know seeing them come and go. You know, I've lots, there was lots of small businesses that that took a, took a stab at it. And then, uh, you know, maybe I saw them, I didn't see them for a while. And a year later, they came to me with a T4 instead of a, instead of a profit and loss uh, statement. And uh, they just gave up the business. And, and, you know, you can see why, and you can see, you know, they'll talk about the different elements and, you know, just, they, they, they just didn't have enough happening. You know, and there was an example of, um, and this is a friend of mine who was one of those type. People, everything. It was he was a perfectionist, and everything had to be perfect. You know, we all have elements of that, but he was like over the top. And I'm member, He spent two years working on making his business just perfect before he launched. <laughs> and uh, he did eventually, believe it or not, he actually did eventually launch. But it only lasted a couple of years, and then he was mm-hmm. out of out of business again. So he spent a ton of energy and time. You know, yeah. um, but. He just felt, you know, I was talking to him later, just felt that everything had to be, he had this thing in his mind, everything had to be absolutely perfect before he could before he could do anything. And so there, so he was stuck and there was that mindset, there was that fear, right? If it's not perfect, I'm going to look like an idiot or, or people are going to call me out that I'm a fraud, you know, a fear of, 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 of uh, being called out as a fraud. And uh, and that was really probably his biggest holdout that, that made him st- stuck. And, uh, you know, he just couldn't get past that. And even when he was actually lying. Launched, you know the sales were, were were very poor. Even though he had a great product and great service, what he was doing, but he just couldn't get past that in his own head. Really, mm,
1: you think being doing it on your own as a business owner, do you feel that can sometimes be a little isolating for people that they can get stuck doing these things that they shouldn't be doing?
0: Yeah, and and that that happens, and and uh, you know people won't won't ask for help because first off, this is our baby. We've worked on it for years, and if it's not going great. You know, how many people want to open the kimono and show that things aren't so good? And uh, so so I think that's one of those hold back things. It's, it's kind of like um, people, even when I was doing, uh, you know, business uh, accounting work and tax work for people, you know, I think half the population, you know, does does their own taxes, and then the other half have professionals do their taxes. You know, it's a, it's a private thing. A lot of people don't want to open up to that. You know, yes, some people don't want to actually pay to have it done, which I think is silly. But um, but a lot of people just want to keep that very personal and very private, and so they do it themselves. And do they mess up? Absolutely, because I usually I hear about it later on, or we did hear about it later on. But. I think that's the same thing with your business when you're having struggles and problems. You know, you probably have an indication that if you are gonna get some really good help, you're gonna to have to open up. You know, you're gonna to have to talk, show your business, your finances, things aren't so great, systems aren't great, you're not a good salesperson, whatever. Um, and also you've got all this head junk that's holding you back. And, you know, we're all, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are very, very proud type people. And so they don't necessarily just show that off, you know. They want to. They want to give off that impression that things are just going just fine. Thank you very much. How? How would then? Uh, I know I said last question. But this will be
1: my last one. Then, what are some techniques, or how? How would you kind of advise someone? You know, maybe they're not ready to open up completely to someone. You know, to say either an advisor or a coach, or what are some things that they can start doing to? maybe make that a little easier to transition? Like, would it maybe like networking a little? Should they be maybe joining like other business groups? Is that something
0: that could be helpful to? It could be. It depends on the individual too. You know, networking is is, is great um, in certain ways for certain types of businesses and for certain individuals, of course. It's a personality thing um, so personalities and things sometimes. So, You know, if they're going to do it totally on their own, you know, should they, uh, if they haven't done any types of training in that area, maybe they can do something like that, either read a book, um, you know, but really when they read that book, if there's some good information, they actually have to act on it, right? Of course we have to act on it or take a good course if they find something that's working, Um, you know, or maybe, you know, like with me, I'm I'm trying not to, uh, you know, I'm definitely not the pushy sales guy. You know, I don't do that at all. If somebody wants my help, you know, I'm just, it, it's, I'm open. They come and ask, you know, I don't, I don't ask them. I don't th- uh, throw any phony stuff at them. I just, you know, I just leave it totally. I just try to leave it as open as possible. I try to make people comfortable. Just like when we were doing the, in our accounting business, it was the same thing, you know, that's something that can be very uncomfortable with people to open up this kind of stuff. And, yeah, you, know, you know, I used to, a good friend of mine uh, told me once and uh, I've quoted this for many, many years. And he said, the, you know, and I, was, I think I was going through a struggle at the time. And he just looked at me. And he says, Jim, everybody goes through shit. In some time in their life, someplace, you go through shit. You know, we all have something that's not going well at some time. You know, we may look at the, look at so and so. Like, my God, they look like they're so they're doing so well and they're so successful. And You can basically say, well, he's either he is or he's putting on a, a facade. And there's some shit going on in his life and uh, excuse the term, but you know, we all have shit in our life. Sometimes it's not all the time, you know, we've got waves, right? You can go into it and out of it. Uh, You can have everything just going perfect and all of a sudden something hits you in left field and whoa. Um, So, you know, I just tell people, you know, ask for help. You know, there's people out there who will definitely help you. May not be me, but there are definitely people out there that can help uh, in different situations.
1: Have a plan. Keep it simple. Act. Overcome fear and open up. I think that's a that's a really great way to sum things up. Thank you so much, Jim. You've been a wealth of information. Third time's a charm. Uh, I think that went really well.
0: Uh, so, if, if people are trying to get a hold of you or trying to reach out, how can they do that? Yeah, they can just uh, just go to my website. It's uh, peakgrowth.com. So it's uh, it's a simple uh, one there. Um, And uh, you know, there's a uh, they can contact me by email or phone me. It's up to them. But uh, yeah, email conversations work just fine with me too, especially if they're just dabbling in uh, some information or, or or, you know, kind of want to test the waters with me i'm perfectly open to if they want to sit down with me for you know uh, just a conversation like this i'll sit down there's no cost we'll just see if there's a fit let's just talk you know see what the problems are what's the concerns and you know if i can help great if i can't help maybe i can point them in the right direction or, or not but,
1: you and you've de- definitely done a great job with us and we really appreciate it so thank you so much jim and i uh, will definitely have to have you back on again great thanks mike bye You've been listening to the Small Town Business Podcast from Business Content Soon to Be MarketPie.ca. You can find this podcast and more at marketpie.ca and for a short while, businesscontent.ca. Thank you so much for listening and get in touch on social. We're on the Facebooks, the Instagram, and anywhere else you may be on social. This is Michael Pacito from Business Content Slash MarketPie, and we'll see you guys next time.